On this episode of Every Family's Got One, Lessons to be Learned. Featuring Adam Selbs, a Moth Story Slam winner. The most difficult thing about owning a tiger is that when you decide that you're tired of owning a tiger, they're also very, very difficult to get rid of. And the author of The Girlfriend Mom, Danny Alpert. What's a 14-year-old boy doing snooping around my nightstand? Hi, I'm Barbara Harrell. And I am Tony Minuto, and welcome to Every Family's Got One. The podcast that brings you amazing true stories about family. And today we're talking about lessons, lessons to be learned. That's right. This is our educational episode. You know, Barbara, a family is like a, a mini version of the outside world. Ah, like a classroom. Or a locker room. <laughs> A microcosm. That's the word I'm looking for. A a microcosm. microcosm. Family is a microcosm where we get to try out stuff Mm -hmm. and we see what works and what doesn't and get it ready for the outside world. That's right. So we get to make our mistakes with our parents and siblings. And then we get to make those same mistakes with our bosses and coworkers. Oh, isn't that perfect? (laughs) And both of our stories today um, touch upon this uh, in parenting. Parenting. Our first is from Adam Selp. Pst, selbst, S-E-L-B-S-T, four consonants. That's a lot of consonants. Uh, he, Adam is a writer and a graphic designer and a Moth Story Slam winner. And Ooh. he learned a very big lesson. How big? About the size. How big? About the size of a tiger bear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's Adam from one of our live shows with his story, Pray. Uh. So it was a couple of years ago, my parents retired and moved down to North Carolina. They'd been there about a week when my mother calls me excited. She says, Adam, you're not going to believe this, but here in North Carolina, it's legal for us to own a tiger. (laughs) My mother had always wanted to own a tiger. Growing up, my family was well known for taking in strays. The first one to attack me was when I was learning how to crawl and I I blundered into her cat, Patience. She left a scar that I still have to this day. A lot of parents, upon having a pet hurt their son that badly, um, would have sided with their son. (laughs) Not not my parents. Um, To quote my mother, well, Adam probably learned his lesson. (laughs) In the end, they decided not to get a tiger. Not for the obvious reasons, but because they already had two cats and they just had a small apartment. They had just moved down there and the cats were there first and they might not get along. So they put a pin in that. But my mother made up for it by volunteering at the local tiger rescue organization. (laughs) You see, in North Carolina, since it's legal to own a tiger, a lot of people think that it would be a really good idea and a really cool thing to do. Um, I don't know how much you know about tigers... But uh, it turns out they're actually very dangerous. They're also very expensive to feed. But the most difficult thing about owning a tiger is that when you decide that you're tired of owning a tiger, they're also very, very difficult to get rid of. But don't worry, in North Carolina, they have a system. When you're tired of owning your tiger, you just bring it out to the side of the highway and you leave it. So this is an organization called Carolina Tiger that drives around and picks up all of the abandoned tigers uh, and brings them back and cares for them for the rest of their life. They're doing God's work. I recommend you look them up and give them all of your money. 
my mother began volunteering there in lieu of getting her own tiger. And so I, when I would go to visit them, I began spending a lot of time there. Um, and I loved it. I, I have a favorite tiger. Jellybean is a white tiger. And white tigers generally have a lot of problems because they're inbred a lot, so they have club feet, or they're blind, or they're epileptic. But not Jellybean. Jellybean was perfect, and he loved me. There was just one problem with going to visit Jellybean, which is that he shared an enclosure with another tiger named Tex. Tex had a reputation for being a little bit of a difficult tiger, by which I mean he had a tendency to attack people. <laughs> the story I heard is that Tex was taken off of the main tour group when he bum-rushed an entire group of kindergartners, causing all of them to wet their pants at the same time. So only a few people were allowed to visit Jellybean and Tex, myself being one of them, because my mother worked there. So one, one day a couple of years ago, I went down to visit Jellybean, and I always kept an eye out for Tex, but thankfully today he was nowhere in sight. I had just gotten a new camera, and I wanted to get some good pictures of Jellybean. So, you know, I stepped over the rope that separated the fence from, like, where you're supposed to stand, back from the fence. Um, it, it's fine. My mother works there. Uh, so I stepped over and I leaned against these sort of floppy fences that they have. They have these floppy chain link fences to keep the tigers from climbing up and over them. Um, and Jellybean saw him and he came running over. He was making a sound called chuffling, which is sort of like purring, but it's what tigers do. And I was getting these great shots of him. He was rolling over. When out of the corner of my eye, I saw a little bit of weird movement. So I looked up and I looked around and it disappeared. I didn't see anything. So I went back to Jellybean, and I'm taking pictures of him. And I, I, again, I see it again. I'm sure I saw something, but I look up, and I, there's nothing. So I'm peering into the undergrowth, and then finally I see it, a little flash of movement, tiny bit of orange. It's his tail flipping back and forth. Like he can't help himself, like a house cat stalking a bird. It's Tex. He's stalking me. What an asshole. So I turn around to my father to say, hey, Dad, look, Tex is stalking me. This is when I learned two things about tigers. One about tigers in general and one about Tex in particular. I learned that um, he, his name came from uh, him growing up in Texas, and his previous owner kept him chained to a tiny tree by a small five-foot five chain, 24 hours a day, and he made all of his money uh, having people take photographs of Tex, flashbulbs going off in his face all of the time. Tex hate, only hated one thing more than cameras, and that was photographers. <laughs> the other thing I learned was about tigers in general. Tigers are really smart. They won't ever charge you as long as you're looking straight at them. If they can see your eyes, they'll never run at you. They'll wait. They're smart. They'll wait until you turn away and say something like, hey, Dad, Look, Tex is stalking me. Now, I always knew that tigers are fast. Um, David Attenborough taught me that when I was like 12 years old. By the time I had turned back around, Tex had closed the distance and was in the air. He struck the fence, and it felt like the world's softest locomotive. I flew back about five feet and landed in the dust, and of course, everyone came running over. Adam, are you okay? Everyone except my mother, of course. <laughs> who stalked over and she said, you know, this was your fault. I said, what do you mean it was my fault? She said, this would never have happened if you hadn't been acting like prey. <laughs> acting like prey? What? what are you talking about? This is not 
fair. I became angry for the first time at my mother. Oh, I've always been here. I was here first. Who is this guy? He's some asshole you just met, Tex. No, this is unfair. Everyone thought it was hysterical. They all burst out laughing at me. They called me prey for the, wet, for the rest of the weekend. I forgot my glasses in a restaurant. I ran back and my father said, look out, it might be a tiger, which might have been funny had I not just been attacked by a tiger less than 24 hours beforehand in, in a state that's renowned for tiger attacks. Everybody laughed and made fun of me. So I, I was furious. And my mother looked, I said, how can you do this to me? And she looked at me with what I can only describe as disgust. And she said, you know what, Adam? I'm your mother, and I love you very much, and I'll always take care of you, but I'm not always going to be here. At some point, you're going to have to grow up and stop acting so much like prey. Thank you. As Adam mentioned, uh, tigers do eat a lot. And one thing they love is meat and cheese. You know, Barbara, as a man, sometimes I get hungry as a tiger, but I don't have time to hunker down in the bushes and wait for an antelope to go strolling by so I can pounce. Thankfully, Hickory Farms has already done the hard work for me with their delicious Hickory Farms meat box. Want to win your own Hickory Farms hearty beef box? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) To satisfy the tiger in you. Just send an email to everyfamiliesgotone at gmail.com. That's everyfamiliesgotone at gmail.com. And remember to put the word meat in the subject line. You'll be automatically entered to win. Yes, and we'll announce our winner at the end of season one. Good luck. Good luck. Hey, our next storyteller is Danny Alpert. Danny's the author of the book The Girlfriend Mom, a memoir. What is a girlfriend mom? Hmm. It's where you're not married and uh, you're a girlfriend and you're... A mom to your, the person you're dating's kids. Right. Like a stepmom. That sounds so complicated. I think it is. And you know what? Let's hear Danny tell us just how complicated it can be. Good. I was intentionally child-free, had fallen in love with a divorced dad of two kids, and moved in with him two years after we'd met. At every turn, I was either stunned, puzzled, or horrified by my boyfriend's kids' actions. Sometimes it was all three. Like when Tyler, who was 14, lacked the good sense to wait until his dad and I were out of the house before he went on a fishing expedition. Tyler was working out with me and his dad, Julian, in our home gym when he suddenly stopped his jumping jacks, grabbed his cell phone, and announced, I'm going downstairs. After another round of burpees, squats, and kettlebell swings, I called it quits too. I kissed Julian and headed downstairs to the master bedroom, where I saw Tyler standing in front of my nightstand. Odd. The top drawer was open, and he had a look on his face of curiosity and excitement. And then I saw something in his hands. Holy hell, he was holding my black velvet sex pouch. What do I do? What do I do? I did what any mature adult would do. I screamed, Tyler! At the top of my lungs. 
I hadn't intended to scream his name as if he were swinging a kitten by the tail, inches from a ceiling fan, but I could see the top of my glass dildo, affectionately called Mr. Glass, peeking out from the top of my sex pouch. Hello. In a blink, he ran out of my bedroom like his teenage boy boxers were on fire. Mr. Glass bobbing up and down in the pouch. I screamed again, sure that this time the neighbors were dialing 911. How could this be the same sweet boy I had carved pumpkins with? The little angel who always complimented the scent of the new hand soap in the guest bathroom. It was impossible. What's a 14-year-old boy doing snooping around my nightstand? Tyler ran into his bathroom and locked the door. What was he thinking? That he'd rummage through the contents, the forbidden fruits as it were, and then return the pouch to my nightstand when the coast was clear? Oh boy, what if he did look inside and saw the restraints, feather tickler, and travel size vibrator? Cool. There wasn't any hope of me surviving that. I approached the bathroom door and Tyler suddenly came out, looking at me as if to say, What's all the yelling about? Tyler, can I have it, please? I sure hoped he knew what it I was referring to because I was not about to say pleasure pouch. Without a word, he grabbed the pouch from the bathroom counter and the little thief handed it over like we were conducting a drug deal. Time stood still. Staring into his doe eyes, I thought I perceived discomfort, but that was probably just me. I was trembling like a chihuahua in a snowstorm. The entire event was unbearable. But then something, some parental instinct perhaps, kicked in and my only concern became putting Tyler at ease. I didn't want to shame him for being curious about sex just because I wish someone would hurl a brick at my head, rendering me unconscious. Tyler, can you tell me why you took it? Tyler averted his eyes and shrugged. He wasn't talking, so I took it upon myself to assure him that I wouldn't tell his dad, thinking that this would be Tyler's main concern. We walked away in opposite directions. At long last, Jillian put down the kettlebells and found me in our bedroom, circling an armchair. He looked concerned. What's wrong? I stopped circling. Didn't you hear me screaming? Oh, I thought you and Tyler were kidding around. He can't hear the difference between a playful scream and your son discovered my sex toy stash scream? Ugh. I forgot that I just told Tyler I wouldn't tell his dad. Cool. Now I look like a liar and a rat. Julian was stunned and mumbled, I I need time to think, and went right back to the gym. I started circling the furniture again, and then I stopped. I decided to try another talk with Tyler. I couldn't leave him with the image of me as a shrieking lunatic. I found Tyler on the couch in the living room, carefree and punching buttons on his phone as if he hadn't been holding Mr. Glass in his hands 20 minutes earlier. I sat awkwardly on the edge of the coffee table and took a deep breath. Hi, listen, I want to apologize for screaming, but Tyler, invading someone's personal space isn't acceptable. You don't belong in anyone's drawers or nightstand, but your own, unless you have permission. To his credit, Tyler didn't roll his eyes and then said, matter of fact, I was looking for your phone charger, which you usually keep on top of your nightstand, and when it wasn't there, I opened the drawer, and I saw it, and I wanted to see what was inside. Hello? 
I understand, I assured him. Any other questions? Tyler was quiet for a few moments and then grinned, revealing a slightly amused mouth full of metal. I smiled back. Thank you, Tyler, for not having any questions. An hour later, Julian summoned Tyler to his office. I silently crept up to the door, pressed my ear against it, eavesdropping. I heard Julian say, I'm going to have a hard time trusting you for a while, and it was pretty dumb doing what you did while we were home. Indeed, my lover. From then on, my phone charger was always in plain sight, and Mr. Glass was never mentioned again, at least not around Tyler. As far as I know, my selling him out didn't create any ill will between us. As painful and spectacularly uncomfortable as it was to talk to Tyler about sex toys, it also connected us, like we were the only two survivors of a plane crash or a house fire. A bond like ours is stronger than glass. One small step for humankind and one giant leap for the girlfriend, Mom. Mission accomplished, Houston. Oh, my God. A 14-year-old boy finds your sex toys. Wow, that That is an embarrassing situation. It's horrifying. Hey, do you have your own horrifying story to tell? Doesn't have to be about sex. We'd love to hear it. We would. And we'd like to thank our storytellers, Danny Alpert and Adam Selbst. You can get Danny's book, The Girlfriend Mom, a memoir. Uh, It's available wherever you buy books. And connect with her at her website, which is dannyalpert.com. And Danny is D-A-N-I. And you can connect with Adam at adamselbst.com, S-E-L-B-S-T. Time for the credits. Every Family's Got One is produced by us. Barbara Harrell and Tony Menudo. Special thanks to Alex Clark for our cool theme music. Our talented audio engineer, Paul Wise. Special thanks to Wordsworth and Booth. Mike Stafford for legal and production assistance. Our good friend, professional golfer Tom Bell. Catering by Hickory Farms, which is not an official sponsor, but we sure do love them. And you can subscribe to Every Family's Got One wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Every Family's Got One on Facebook and Instagram and on our website, everyfamiliesgotone.com. See See you soon. soon.